It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. In theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. We oui, wait. Oui. And Murray, are you here? I, w- I wasn't sure. Are you here this week, or are you not here this week? Ah, I heard a rumor that you were, you were out, you were dying. in. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, I'm dying. No big deal. Hey there, Merman. Hey, that's a nice jersey Yo. you're wearing, by the way. Yeah, be used to it. <laughs> so with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well, well, well. Thanks to all who have been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members and all members that sign up will get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. And it's a surprise. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie and dare us to see it and we will watch it. And we hope that it's terrible. Thanks to all our listeners from everywhere, all over the world, new countries every day. This is crazy. Thanks for feeling the rage. What I'm missing. Movies are back at Canyon Meadow Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Order concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support, and we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. Streaming, Jim. Even Murray did a little taste of streaming. Streaming. Now, this first one, I think, maybe the only one that Murray actually streamed this week. Yeah, that'd be correct. And what a one to stream on Shutter. Dum dum. Stereo. All right. So, Shutter presents Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster. <laughs> Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster, attempts to cover the life and career of Boris Kar- Karloff and his over 60 years in cinema in about 90 minutes. Not an easy task, but it does it as well as could be expected considering the limited time. The 
film, the film, the film takes various footage from films and television over the years and combines it with interviews from film historians, actors, and directors such as Guillermo del Toro, Roger Corman, Joe Dante, and John Landis. It also interviews Karloff's daughter, Sarah, who gives more insight to Karloff the man. Although his personal life is only touched upon, as I am sure there was more to tell, seeing, you know, he was married like six times over the years. Leia. <laughs> Sometimes leaving you wanting more is, you know, it's a good thing. But in this case, the title of the doc was The Man Behind the Monster. But we got to know very little about the man. The career was adequately covered, and I loved most of that part. But if you're going to bring up his personal and family life, then just touching upon it and then moving on left me a little bit cold. Once again, I think the doc suffers from its runtime, as I really wanted more. Still, I like the interviews. I like the overview of the film career. I like this doc. It was meh. Okay. Mer, what'd you think? Uh, well, it was dry. So much so that I couldn't get through it in one sitting. Uh-oh. Uh, halfway through, I started falling asleep. So uh -oh. I shut it off, and I... Started up again when I was a little more awake. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it would help if I actually liked the subject matter more than I probably did. I mean, I know who he is, obviously. I'm not a huge monster movie fan, especially pre-1980, but... He did so much more. Yeah. Um, I was interested in the fact that I didn't know he actually was a Canadian for a short time. That was interesting. Uh, apparently, yeah, he moved up to uh, BC and worked in uh, Vancouver in Kamloops. So he I guess was moving up to the honorary west side. Canadian, and then of course he moved to Hollywood and made his money there. But and he also apparently was one of the major factors in the forming of the Screen Actors Guild, which of course is a huge deal now. But back then, actors weren't paid what they were worth, so. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it was interesting, but like Bryce said, doesn't he didn't tell you anything about him personally, basically it was just a catalog of his movies, which, you know, I didn't know most of them. I mean, I knew about, obviously, Frankenstein and and uh, The Mummy and The Grinch. That was pretty much it. <laughs> so yeah, it was okay. It's just a meh. Oh, no. No. Interesting fact. Yes. Boris was five feet eleven inches, which is actually shorter than both Vincent Price and Bella Lugosi. Yeah, he looked very tall. Yeah, but this man's presence is so looming over every single person that you ever put on screen with him. Yep. You would think he's seven feet tall. I've never said this ever before, anywhere, but thank God Boris never became a Canadian. But I kind of want to say thanks, Canada, for bringing great actors to the world for so many years. Isn't that right, Murr? Sure. <laughs> like your favorite man of the universe, who's also been giving, just been given a very honorary Canadian award. My favorite man. The what universe. the hell are you talking like about, Jim? Are you, what tangent are you going off on? I'm know. just I, so excited. I either. I'm just so excited that... Boris Recently. lived in Canada. Yeah, for like two years or something. But yeah, I don't know. His heart was still here always. True. <laughs> Let's the game is start anyway. That's right. 
And his eyes, oh my god. Yeah. Was he ever was he ever gorgeous when he was young? Like people <laughs> as he aged, like he should have done his eyebrows, but when he was young, man, he was gorgeous. You could melt into those eyes. So of course. Married six times. Of course, right before he murdered you. Yeah. Frankenstein trivia question, Bryce. Mm. Okay. You got three choices. Number mm. one, throw the kid in the water. Yeah. Number two, toss the kid in the water. Or the final one, don't show the kid going into the water. What do you think? It's not really a trivia question. More so, what would your preference have been in the movie Frankenstein? Because uh, there was two versions, and I'm not. I'm knowing you, you probably have seen both. Yeah, you, you got to throw the kid. Hello, Jim. I don't remember the movie, so throw it or toss it. Throw it. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My internet is unstable. Yeah, Just tell like us about brain. it. You're, you're cutting in and out. Just like my brain. Yeah. For yeah, those of you yeah. that were wondering, we're not all in the same room this week because, you know, no, stuff not. happens. No. Stuff happens. Yep. Murray's hanging out with shady characters who collect COVID. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have thrown him in the water too, yeah. not just tossed. That kid would have went flying. Well, if if you don't show the kid going in the water, then why are they, they hunting him at the end of the movie? Well, there's a there's in the doc. It actually talked a little bit about it, about the fact that that was a bone of contention. So I thought that was I thought it was interesting that that and and the director gave so much grief to Boris because of that disagreement that it's like he almost broke his back literally so interesting the symmetry between Karloff and Lugosi as actors being thrown away characters and yet years later who do you remember these are the people that you remember these great actors but Karloff truly stood the test of time above all other actors of that generation and what about Jack Pierce what a genius in the makeup world. Better than I would say probably most makeup artists even working today. Just look at his work on The Mummy and Frankenstein. It's Mummy alone should is just it's probably like I know it's black and white, but it's so so detailed and imagine the amount of work that had to go do to put him into that every single episode of shooting. It's just it's beyond me. Not all documentaries of real people, people, peepers, of all peepers, uh, are always that interesting. The fact that this film is about a genius of historical acting and theater alone makes this captivating. I had a smile on my face the entire film. Uh, and learning more about one of my favorite actors of all time is a rare treat. I love the choice of the people interviewed. I love the story of the great adopted Canadian man. Uh, and I just really like this film. I, I'm... I, I kind of don't necessarily need to know more about him. I just wanted to spend an hour and a half with Boris Karloff and people who loved him. It was a mondo for me. There you go. I tried to take the fanboy, you know, out of this because, you know, I, you know, I love Boris Karloff and I think he's one of the greatest yep. actors that's ever been. Like I legit yep. think that Frankenstein, the way that he acts with his eyes there is like anybody that wants to be an actor needs to watch him do oh. his thing um and i don't necessarily i just don't i don't agree with what they called the movie because 
you're not really learning about the man behind the monster. Now, well, having learned, said you that, did learn stuff. I'm a, eh, you didn't learn much. You well, learned, but you're not learning. Like I don't know. I, I think he was a very private person. They yeah. even show, talked about that. I think you what you got to to learn is a bit of his past, which you did get to hear about how many brothers and sisters he had, where he came from, that type of stuff. But they didn't. You didn't get to know his personal life, and I'm okay not knowing that. I I, I like them. Just I love hearing the other actors and directors about what he did and where he came from, how he was an influence. I mean, the fact that Gerald. I Del loved Toro, all that too. Yeah, I I I get it. I kind of know why that you may not have loved it as much, but yeah, for me it was. I just enjoy it. Anything you, you get like that, that it didn't tarnish. And like if there would have been a scene that you found out he was a really bad asshole, it might have tarnished me and I might have not liked it as much. But, well, but that's end, that's what ended up happening for me is all of a sudden I've got all these questions about, okay, he was married six times. There must be something there. Was, like all of a sudden I'm like drawing my own conclusions here where I wish that they either just left it alone completely or you know, gave us a little more of it. And I think that the fact that they didn't do either of those left me going, ugh. Just like Britney Spears, you wanted more. I, I understand. I either wanted more or I wanted less. I just didn't want what they gave me. Well, you you liked it. You just didn't I love actually, it. I loved a lot of it. But I, I wanted I wanted either less of his personal life, like almost none, just give me or give me all of it. Just all right. don't give me a so little So you really really what I'm hearing you say is you wanted it to be like a docuseries that lasted like ten hours. Yes. I wanted more Boris Karloff. Yeah. I think that's well, why it's a meh for me, because it needs to be ten hours. Who doesn't? Want I mean more I, Boris I, I, I need more Boris Karloff. I need a ten hour docuseries. I don't need ni- 98 minutes or whatever it was. It's not enough time. Nobody could make a Mondo in 98 minutes of Boris Karloff because it just, it could be, I, I want so much more. Apparently it did for me. Yeah. I, apparently I just had like way higher, not expect, yeah, expectations. I just want, I wanted so much more, but it was good. I'll I liked say, it. I'll say, I'll say it again. Just like Britney Spears. Yeah, I, I give me, give me more. I don't know what that means. Well, I'm moving on. All right, moving on then. We were supposed to watch this at my house, but apparently not all of us got to see it at my house. How many got but to see, see it at your house? Two, but not the two plus one, which would have been intended. I'm very sad. Although I'm sure Murray's not too disappointed he didn't get to see no, this on VOD. Not really. Uh, we got to see the movie Clean. Clean. Which is written, score, produced, and acted by uh, my man Adrian Brody. Mm. Man, this movie takes its time. You're seeing Adrian slowly moving through the story, and as usual, is always brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah. Thank God he's back to features. Every look and expression in his face is telling, and in every single shot. And then, just like that, cleaning the fucking squid happens, and shit starts to happen, live stream style. And we get Adrian Wick gets a Baba Yaga with mob rules, dirty cops, PTSD, and some maybe convenient awareness from our man, Mr. Clean, and his ability to evade cops, bad guys, and pretty much everybody. 
I like seeing my man Adrian Borodi kick ass and punch dicks like a real tradesman with his wrench and screwdriver. However, some of the seams were perhaps just a little coincidental and a bit too cornball is the word I want to use. Don't get me wrong. I like the violence, but there was nothing new here. I liked it. I loved Brody, but this movie was meh. And I have a few things to unpack. We'll talk about when Bryce talks. Yeah, I'll keep it pretty, pretty short and tight here. Uh, Clean is, it's very interesting when it focuses on Brody's Brody's character, you know, Mr. Mr. Clean, as you called him. Um, And his struggles within his own mind and his attempts at redemption, um, his dealing with his violent past as he tries to move on is absolutely fascinating. I love the first part of this movie. Love, love, loved it. And, you know, that as a character study would have been a very welcome tale to witness. The violent, corny, convenient ending to this was far less welcome for me. Um, This was not great, but Brody's performance elevates the material that he himself wrote along with director Paul Soleil. The movie was okay, I guess, (laughs) and perhaps it suffered from my own expectations of an Adrian Brody film, but Clean was meh. It, it, I really wanted it to be more. I know. I really did. And, and it, it started. Had so much hope. Yeah. I was, it had I was so much hope. I was all in for 45, 50 minutes. And then it started to lose me a little. And then by the end, I'm like, uh, just shaking. It was my like, head. uh, okay. So do you think that Adrian is just such a big fan of Keanu Reeves? That's why he made this movie. <laughs> uh, Bless you. Gonna go with no. I don't really see that. Did you really think it was like super duper John Wick esque? I mean, it, oh, a little yeah, bit. It was totally John Wick X. I mean, yeah, it, either that or it was he was trying to make MacGyver meets the Equalizer. <laughs> see, I like that. It was one of the. It was one of the two. I wasn't sure. It MacGyver just MacGyver meets the Equalizer. It just it kind of it didn't seem to fit. Is is what I would go with. Yeah. Like he seems so unaware through the first part of the movie, mm. and then all of a sudden he gets bashed in the head and he gets like twenty seven staples in his uh, head, and all of a sudden now he's. He's John Wick. Flicked like it was, it was, it was, it was, it, there was no gradual movement into that. It would just, well, it's just so. And with the yeah. care that everything was like built up with to that point, you know, like it, really everything was taken slow and we were just, we were just getting a little glimpse of this and that and we're tying it all together. And then all of a sudden it's like you get a pie in the face and it's just it kind of did like, feel like pie in the face like, and what, not a delicious pie what happened either, to right? this movie i was enjoying so much <laughs> it's kind of funny because i think it, i for me it was it was clean the fucking squid scene it was that moment mm. where it flipped a switch and mm. it was just like okay yeah yeah wah, wah. yeah and just a lot of convenient things like the girl, the one girl, the only person he talks to on the planet other than his barber, and it just so happens that this is the girl they're gonna try and rape. Like, stupid. I hate, I freaking hate stuff like that. And then, oh, just by coincidence, it also happens to be the guy that is also the Squid King. Like, it's, it was just, uh, it was like too many conveniences all at once. Yeah. Like, it should have just happened a little bit different. Like, somehow they should have identified him when he actually ID'd the Squid King 
and then they followed him and then did something to her or something that wasn't conveniently happening. It's just like, oh, look. anything but what they did. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, well, we, we did get to go to the cinema. And I don't know, Murray, did you get to sneak out and see it between? No. All right. Well, that's unfortunate for us. But, Bryce, do you want to talk about it? Sure. Right. I would love to talk about this movie. This movie should be talked about by many people. Because I hope a lot of people see this movie. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Torn, which we saw at uh, Canyon Meadow Cinema and I believe is still playing. So if you catch this uh, podcast and you go, boy, I live in Calgary and I want to go to the movies, go over to CMC, see yourself a doc. Documentary called... go to CMC. There you go. Torn sneaked up on me. Uh, this story of a climber with a family that meets his demise in an avalanche and the way his family dealt with with the tragedy was a fascinating and emotional journey. Director Max Lowe shows us his father, Alex's life as a professional climber and how he attempted to justify the risks he took with his family life. He considered the balance that he, that he tried to do. Um, although Alex did not refer to himself as a risk taker, but rather a risk controller. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mother nature cannot be controlled. And he died, leaving his three boys and wife to cope with the aftermath. It is at this point that the story starts to discuss some hard topics involving family and grief and how long it takes to move on from a tragedy like this. It examines the different ways we deal with loss and how there is not a right way or a wrong way. It also focuses on the role of a father figure and what makes a dad a dad. There are some very heavy scenes in the last third of the film that will stay with me for quite a while. It is an exhausting emotional watch, but ultimately a somewhat cathartic one. Torn was Mondo. Okay. Well, I did not love it nearly as much as you. And let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. So, uh, lately, every time I see a film about mountain climbing, they have been a Mondo. Almost like it's a mountain climber movie. So it's a Mondo. <laughs> Except this one is not the typical mountain climber movie. No, it's not. It's it's all about the anguish and trauma that mountain climbers leave behind in cases when they die. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of parts in this. You feel you are witnessing something we are really not supposed to be seeing. I normally don't like home movie documentaries. I find it is more of a made for family, not for the viewer. And for the most part, this film felt different. And I was really enjoying this journey we were on, but then the themes kept repeating itself. And there is at a point in this movie where Alex's wife, Jennifer says, it's a happy ending. And everybody likes a happy ending, including her, but I'm not that person. And perhaps, perhaps, that was almost a line from uh, um, The Grinch. So perhaps, perhaps. Means a little anyway, more. I was, just, I was just trying to tie it. Yeah, I, I need his voice, Murray. I need his voice. Anyway, she. Ta I, I'm just thinking perhaps it's because it seems to me like it started to get a bit stagey. And trying to tear and tear at our heartstrings 
like it did for their family as they were experiencing it. In a film that people were crying a lot, I was not. Plus, I did look at my watch, wondering when this movie was going to end. Never did. Feeling that. it was already two hours had passed. And I was, you know, thinking to myself, I looked at my watch and I went, what? It hasn't been two hours. It's only been an hour. I'm like, ugh. So I didn't cry. Uh, it was too long. And although it's a mountain climber movie, the rule apparently no longer applies to me. It was meh. Hmm. I I didn't get the emotion. I just felt they kept re-going over yeah, the you, same you thing. Said, I, didn't, I didn't get the staginess at all. I thought that it was uh. all very natural. I thought that Max's journey was very natural. And that scene with... Um, with his uh, him and his mom? No, no, no. Well, that was that was, you know, that was some pretty heavy stuff. But actually, a scene with Conrad towards the end of the movie, I thought was quite poignant and kind of wrapped it up. And I thought it was a it was a natural journey to that point. And I don't think it in any way that Max knew that he was going to have that interaction towards the end of the movie. And I thought that, uh, and while you know, I'm not one that does tear up. Um, that was a very touching scene and the the whole yeah. movie the whole movie will definitely stay with me i i i yeah, i respectfully disagree we obviously didn't connect in the same way i will say that sometimes and you can deny this or you can agree with it but sometimes films like this where it involves fathers and sons you're not as affected by them as as i am and yeah i would say that could and, be that, it, and i and i, I think that, my dad. and i think that's a thing <laughs> I've, yeah. you know, I lost my dad and this, this connected with me and I, and I, you know, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. And maybe that's a thing. Maybe, maybe if, you know, maybe, maybe you're, yeah, I guess it could be. Cause is, yeah, I would say on top of that, I mean, I, I guess where my mind goes on this is that being a father, which you were also not, is I'm going through this. I'm like, okay, the guy was a dick and the guy that she married was also a dick. Were because they though? They're both. Yeah, I mean. Well, he I he so, was so okay. The guy that she marries was, but he's definitely not anymore. Like he he just, and I realized that he still went, you know, afterwards, but not to the extent like like. Uh, I don't know. That, that's that's just what I mean. Is that they they kind of edited that part out of it. We don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. They're I don't think Max would have. They're steering you in a direction they want you to go. It was micro-eyes to the max. There was scenes in this, even the scene, I'm sorry, they go find his body in the mountains as if like they they found the body in the mountains and they were there at the bottom of it when they brought it down. And then and then she has to take the ring off and put it on. Like, oh that was so stagey. It was like Yeah, it sounded like it was staged. It, there was too much stage, man. No. I, I get it. It's an emotional journey. No, they, they, if they, if if after all those years, a body, the body was found, they absolutely all would have gone to, to there to, to. No, I don't doubt they wouldn't have gone. Okay, but the fact that make it sound like they were them? waiting. No, oh yeah, they were on this journey and they took the camera and everything. Blah blah. I mean, it's a documentary. Of, so of but course I, they I, did. I had a hard to believe that they're waiting at the bottom of the hill, watching them bring the body down. How long does it take to get? They find the body. And then how long does it take to the, to get from the States over there and then hike how many miles to get to where they're gotta be? And they're gonna wait for them. Let's wait until they get here before we take the body down the mountain. There was a lot of stage, man. There was just, and, and it was more, it was like pieces all the way through it. The fact that me, they wanted to have the, the ceremony, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you there. 
Well, we'll never know. Mm. I I do think it, it was a different kind. I like the fact that it wasn't a traditional mountain climbing movie. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that, you know what, they did need to show a movie where the mountain climber dies and this is the wake that's left in, in its path. So I liked a lot about that. I just felt it felt a little stagey and repetitively stagey. And for that reason, I didn't love it. Hmm. And maybe I'll watch it. Maybe we'll watch another movie like this in a few years when my dad's passed away. Maybe we'll hold agree. hands and cry together. I don't there know. There you go. All right, sir. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. rage my rage is documentaries that are stagey that's it that's my rage i'm like i i absolutely agree with you i just don't agree that the documentary you just watched was stagey i mean there's some there's some staginess to any documentary that's along this line because there has to be i mean whether you want it to be or not, when you're editing your footage, you're trying to tell a story, and it's gonna some of it's gonna come across as, as stagey. But uh, most of this was very yeah. natural. I I I connected with it. Yeah, I know, but I didn't. That's why I think it's stagey. Well, I'm not specifically talking about this particular. Oh, I know. There's, there's, ta- there's tons. I hate of them. it. You know, we watch a lot of film, and mm. we watch a lot of documentaries, like. I don't know if I had, we had, to, we were on a, another podcast not that long ago and we talked about our two favorite uh, genres that we like to talk about, which are horror and, and international dramas. And, yes. I'm, and I'm like, I think Doc's got to be up there too. Cause you know, there's some amazing. Jim, we just like film. We'll, we'll talk about anything. It's like, it's, if it's true. It's if it, true. If but, it's either really bad or really good, we're all over it. But to, to me, the, the sign of a really, and we've talked about this in the past, the sign of a really good documentary is that they it's just the facts man just the facts don't don't try and steer us in a direction to change our viewpoint just give us the facts those are the best docs they are and when you're going to produce a doc that you can go in a few different directions don't steer us in the direction just and this is just in general just give us the facts yep that's the rage fair enough So my rage, rinse and repeat, nothing new at the cinemas, January was awful, February does not seem to be looking much better as I look ahead, when Jackass Forever seems to be the highlight of the month, I think we have a problem. Other than that, we get another Agatha Christie adaptation by Kenneth Branagh, a Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson romantic comedy, Halle Berry is a scientist saving the world from being smashed by the moon. Some crap. Liam Neeson action flick. Channing Tatum. 
Channing Tatum and his dog. Dog. Oh, gosh. And Marky Mark and Tom Holland in a video game adaptation. Looks like another stellar month. Yeah, I don't think there's one movie I'm excited to see this month. Well, and and for your information, I I didn't really post about this, but uh, Moonfall, the production company that made it, I just pulled it from Canadian theaters. Did it? Because of everything happening out in Ontario, they didn't want it. So it's not going to be in Canada at all. (laughs) Darn. It's going to be running in the the States, but not in Canada. Is this the moon scientist one with Halle Berry? Yeah, it's the Halle Berry one and the guy from Canada. And I've had to watch a preview for it every movie. There are enough theaters, they're going to play it. Because the Ontario theaters aren't open yet. Quebec's just opening up. So I guess they're freaked out. So they decided not to distribute it in Canada. Wow. Which oh, actually, I was kind of looking forward to seeing it. All right, we but. dodged a bullet. Woo. Yeah, but there's still Jackass Forever. There is. There is Jackass Forever. Which I'm probably forever. not going to see. <laughs> what? Murray, that's the best movie that's going to be coming out uh, this year, I think. I can tell you one of the this highlights year. of me watching the Royal Rumble on Saturday was watching Johnny Knoxville get splashed uh, uh, and squashed by a wrestler from the top rope. No, mm. that was pure joy. All right, well, so you he are shouldn't excited. even have been in there, but yeah. yeah. So he lasted so you, two minutes, and he got and somebody landed on him from the top rope. So happy birthday, Johnny! Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, I may not go see it, but that's okay. I don't have to go to the movie theater this weekend. Wait, so that was your rage, I guess so. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. We are Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Join us each week as we dive into the depths of streaming movies for the greater good. You can find us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cast, Facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews, and our website is CheapSeatReviews.Libsyn.com. All for the greater good. How can this be for the greater good? Shut it! I freaking love those guys. I enjoy that. <laughs> for the greater good. Greater good. Make sure you watch movies. Cheap Seat Reviews. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> for the greater good. Oh, baby. All right, well, I had a slightly different one planned for this week, but I decided to change it to something a little more timely. What? Yeah, I can always see the other one for next time. For all you sporty sport types, the Winter Olympics starts this week. Now, you can either go out and see the latest Jackass movie. Yes. Or stay home where it's warm and watch some funny tuned athletes do their best for their country. That's kind of like the Jackass movie. So this week I present the best of both worlds. Movies based on Olympic athletes. Oh God. You're not going to talk about that skating movie. This is going to be terrible. You just have to find out. Some are real, some are not, but they all did their part to tell the story of unforgettable Olympic moments. Okay. Starting with the skating movie. Uh, The Cutting Edge, 1992. Topic. That's right. Former hockey player gets a head injury and can't play hockey anymore, so he's paired up with a spoiled figure skater for a shot at the Olympics. Yes, the movie lacks credibility. There's literally no one else other than this hockey player who knows how to skate. 
but these two actually have enough chemistry to make it work. Silly, but unquestionably cheerful. Limpid connection, these two crashed into each other in the hallway of the Saddle Dome during the 88 Winter Olympics before they start working together. So there. And my favorite line, yes. Topic. So. Please make a comment that we have reviewed this movie on yes, our podcast. I didn't say it was good. I just say it was Olympics. It's, it's, it's literally it's, on my bottom five movies in the history of cinema. And it had Calgary in it. So there. Next that up is, is another Calgary connection. Cool Runnings. Oh, baby. Probably the first Winter Olympics movie that comes to mind. And that's something right there. Jamaican bobsled team make up the perfectly charming underdogs, your fish out of water type deal. And movie secret weapon is John Candy, showing a certain grit later in his career as the grizzled coach of the dark past and a chance at redemption. Based on the real Jamaican sledders who came to Calgary in 1988, were laughed at and had a chance to do something before, spoiler alert, they crash on their third run. Still inspiration. Next up, we have I, Tanya, 2017. Okay, yeah, the filmmakers played fast and loose with the facts of Tanya Harding's life and her involvement in the Nancy Kerrigan incident. Um, I, Tanya is an entertaining film. It isn't quite as smart or as deep as it wants to be. It really decides whether we're supposed to take this seriously or not. And oh. there's, But there's some greatness there, starting with Margot Robbie's committed performance along with, of course, Alice and Jandy's Withholding Cruel Mother, so good. which she was nominated for, I think she won an Oscar for. So good. Uh, so good. Plus, the actual scenes of ice skating are sort of terrific. The uh, movie. movie isn't really well shot otherwise, but it is at least comfortable on the ice and in motion. Olympic Connection, 1992-94 Winter Games, where the notorious clubbing took place. It's Mondo. Mondo. Next up, we have another Calgary Connection. Eddie the Eagle, <laughs> 2015, which apparently CTV decides to just show ad nauseum for the last three weeks. How many movies have they made around the Calgary Olympics? That would be three, <laughs> at least. <laughs> so here we have the least historically accurate Olympic-themed film of them all, but one of the more entertaining. Michael Eddie the Eagle Edwards became the first British ski jumper to compete in the Winter Olympics, and he finished dead last. But he finished. But to take a quote from the event of the Olympic Games, the most important thing is not to win, but just to take part. And the most important thing is not to win, uh, sorry, is not the triumph, but the struggle. Yes. See, I I think the, the... You have to have a minimum skill level to be able to. Well, they do with. now. I mean, he I never see. qualified after that, but I mean, yeah, of course not. It was still inspirational. Yeah, he, he, like, he got in on a loophole. I don't care if you're the best, you're the best right in your country. It happened you like ten miles from from my house. If I if I um, was a, a high level athlete, I'd be totally embarrassed that someone. Just well, yeah, they in. all were, but you know, he did it, and anyway, uh, he the captured the hearts of the world. The talented Taryn Edgerton who managed to capture Eddie's true awkwardness. Helping him along the way is Rebel ski jumping coach Hugh Jackman, who is not based on a real guy. Uh, but it's it's Hugh Jackman, so who cares? <laughs> the director was actually inspired to make this film after watching Cool Runnings. Uh, uh, no and yes, this film also is Booyah. It was meh. Booyah. Finally, was meh. we have Miracle, 2004. 
Admittedly, I have not seen this. I don't really like hockey that much. And other than Slapshot, I don't even like hockey movies. Uh, and it's about the American hockey team. Go Canada. But it's a timeless story based on real events. Director Gavin O'Connor's portrait of the U.S. men's hockey team, which despite long odds, defeated its heavily favored rivals to win gold at the 1980 Winter Olympics. It stars Kurt Russell as coach Herb Brooks and relies on unknown actors to portray this scrappy bunch of no-name athletes. Uh, if you're into hockey, you would enjoy this. Or go and watch the real thing. Oh, okay. We might be watching a lot of hockey and sports this next two weeks. It starts tomorrow. <laughs> nice. That's all I got. It was so much fun, Mer. I tried. You don't have to try. You're just that good. Well, I got nothing for the list this week. No, me either. Oh, yeah, I guess I got to read this tonight. Nothing well, yet. No, nothing yet. We we're still talking we're about, about the. We're the talking list. about the list. Uh, Did nothing. Did we? I mean, we had. You know what we should do? What should we do? And it may be unanimous, but we should probably go through Boris Karloff's library. So it's, I haven't seen really. sixty years then, of films then there. Then right, but we only have to go through the last eight to see if he's undoubted. Uh, you mean all those B-movies that he made at the end of his career? Yeah, I don't know that I've seen maybe two out of his last eight. Maybe, maybe, maybe four. Well, uh, then it might be a journey we have to go on, buddy. Okay, well, let's pull up Boris Karloff. I'm sure everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat as we go over the worst. Hey, it's not like he can be taken off once he's on. Well, I thought he was already on. No, he's he could be mesmerizing. But apparently, Bryce doesn't want to put anybody on the mesmerizing list, even if they're Boris Karloff. But maybe that'll come later in the episode. That actually kind of crossed my mind. I'm like, if there is an exception, then, you know. Well, you know what the exception is? We've already talked about it. It has to be unanimous. All three of us have to be like, oh, yeah, that's a given. So so let's take him through the journey. And Bryce, do you want to record this? Do you have paper? Uh, so we got to figure out what we got to say. I'm already looking at this and I have seen, uh, I've seen one, two, three TV series, TV series, TV movie. I've seen like three of them. Yeah. I think I've seen like four of them. But I have a feeling, based on the ratings of some of them, that were to Murray's point. He, he I have a feeling he's just not going to make it. No, well, at the end of his career, got a three point four. Like one it, of these is going to be a rage. I can almost guarantee. Oh yeah, no. I can already five, tell you that. I I didn't realize that Fear Chamber was the last thing he was in, and it was a rage. <laughs> I have to admit, I also saw it. It was a rage. So, so that was quick. You can't. He can't start from eight from now unless he's doing no. Ghost Dad 2. Yeah. Ghost Dad 2. Ghost Dad 2. No. No, well, so, I mean, uh, that was, uh, I mean, to, that was to a good idea, the, Jim. I'm glad we the, did that. Yeah, well, to, to quote, quote the, the documentary, when they asked him to do uh, Broadway, he said, I'm not that good of an actor. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he was wrong. He was totally he wrong. 
He's the best. He was, actor. I mean, it, it was a great was very line. Modest. I, I, I actually saw the saw the play. I yeah. it was performed here. I didn't realize that's where I got to start. It's like you made me look like Boris Karloff. Yeah. Well, that was because right? Boris Karloff. I, that would have been so great to be at that first, you know, show where all of a sudden it is actually Boris Karloff. It is Karloff. actually Boris Karloff. <laughs> right? Hilarious. That's kind of funny. And considering he does funny. mostly horror, yeah, because it, it's a, it's it's quite a funny play. Yeah. Well, I think we still have to do it. I absolutely believe every single movie I've seen him in. Oh, he's like so mesmerizing. On yeah. He's so mesmerizing. So mesmerizing he takes, he absolutely yeah, takes I'm over. okay with that. All right. Let's, okay, All right. fine. Put him on the mesmerizing list. We, we because he is. have to be I know. mesmerizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll, now we have to take somebody off. Let's pick some victims. Murray, Murray's going to come up next week with a mesmerize off with just two of our mesmerized list. Yes. Just mono and mono. Try to find a one, one movie. Wano. Where, where we gotta yeah, have a have a showdown. Right, One of them's well, coming off. Except uh, except our mesmer our mesmerized for lives. Yes. They can't they can never compete because they're yeah, I don't they're even golden. remember who they are. Well, mine's Yours was Crow. Wanda Sykes. Rob Murray's was yeah. Mine was Wanda Sykes? Yeah. I That's hilarious. So. That's so good. Okay. Yeah. I'm it good was with that. between her and Aquafina, and then Murray punted Aquafina. So you didn't save Aquafina; you saved Wanda Sykes. And uh, mine's Sean Penn. So wow, cool. Yeah, I forgot that. That's <laughs> so awesome. All right, I'm really it happy is. right now. Wanda Sykes is mesmerized for life. That's, All right, Murray's I'm, picking up the gauntlet, and we're gonna have a mesmerize off right, for uh, this coming week because Murray's gonna right. find it and tell it to Bryce and I before next week. So. All right, before? Sounds, yeah, okay, yeah, we're gonna watch it for next week because we don't have a hell of a lot of other shit to watch. Oh, so okay. basically, you got like two or three days to come up with this, Murray. Yep, but the Olympics are on. Yeah. Well, what what time does the Olympics start tomorrow? Uh, it started about an hour ago, actually. What? What? The yeah. opening ceremonies? Yeah. No, ceremonies like Friday morning, but. Oh, key games tomorrow night. Whatever, I'll work on it. All right, there you go. You got all day tomorrow. The only thing you have to accomplish tomorrow is to find us. No, it's not the only thing. I'm sure he's got other things in his life, Jim. I do. What? Alrighty. Last week on Rage or Dare, Bryce chose Dare and pulled a 2000 live-action version of a cartoon about a squirrel and a moose. Sounds great, doesn't it? This week, Jim's back in the hot seat alone and can choose to rage or dar. I believe that should be dare. Uh, let's check in with Bryce and see if there's another Oscar-winning performance by Robert De Niro or if the squirrel and moose outact him. Hmm. Well. Ha! The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle from the year 2000? is a good time. If you are a fan of the original cartoon, there is a similar sensibility to the humor. The introduction of the film is brilliant and had me laughing out loud. Jason Alexander and Rene Russo as Boris and Natasha were well cast. De Niro goes all in on his portrayal, portrayal of a fearless leader to various degrees of success. The movie does lose steam in its last third, but it's still enjoyable as you could tell how much fun the cast was having which included many cameos from the likes of Randy Quaid, Janine Garofalo, Carl Reiner, Jonathan Winters, John Goodman, and many others. The most memorable... I can't talk today. The Memor- most memorable... Memor- 
Mammals? Cameo was from Billy Crystal as a mattress salesman that by itself made the entire film worthwhile. I laughed as hard as I have watching any film in the last mm, quite a while when Crystal proclaimed, that's a soft mattress. Trust me, it's hilarious. I laughed a lot and I smiled a lot. It was a fitting tribute to the cartoon. It was a funny and enjoyable meh. Once again, the fans have let left. Yeah, the fans have left me not happy here. I'm actually I happy because I never, I never, I never watched the movie before, and I'm glad I did now. Wow, I remember seeing this in theaters, and I, I hated it then, and I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> oh man, it was funny. the The opening sequence, know. the first ten minutes, perfect. Mm. Yeah, debatable. Yeah. Now, what should what should have been in there instead of this was the movie Boris and Natasha, starring Dave Thomas uh, and uh, Sally Kellerman, because that thing, Thomas? yeah, He's Dave awesome. Thomas as Boris he is awesome. That thing He's, is a rage. Dave Thomas alone is worth the price. Exactly, of the he is worth it. It's terrible. Have you watched Boris and Natasha starring Dave Thomas and Sally Kellerman? No, because I watched Rocky and Bullwinkle and I hated it so much. I the next I don't know. I never liked the cartoon. Oh, the cartoon is brilliant. I love the cartoon. The cartoon cartoon is brilliant. I would never go to a live action version of a cartoon I don't like. So funny. That would be a double rage for Murray. All right. Well, I can choose to rage or dar. Or Dar. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you got I got both it, bags I, there? I don't have any bags here. Tell me which one, and I got to go hunt for it. One is your bag, which I think has two nuggets. Two of them in it. it. Yeah, and the other one is. And the uh, other one is the big the hefty bag of, of dares. I think mine hefty only has bag. one. I think you should clean mine out. I only have one left. I only have uh, one no, left. I, no, I think I'm going to choose well, dares. Then it's. Then it's oh, I think I just looked week. at the no. one. I think you really need to watch this one. Nope, I am not. I'm choosing Dare. By the way, I am not replenishing my bag till you watch this. So at some point, you're going to have to choose from my bag. And well, this, choose and this one film is waiting for you. And you are going <laughs> to love it. But let oh, me guess. We will put it aside. It's a musical with children in it. It doesn't matter it's a sports what it is. musical. It doesn't matter. A sports matter. musical? It's going to be a sports musical biopic? There is there is, there is, a, score, uh, there, there is a sports musical. Okay, so... Biopic? No, it wasn't a bad Are you, you sure? Remember? There's got to be one. Don't you, don't you remember Score the Hockey Musical? Oh, God. Yeah, it was here like uh, how many years ago. Oh, my God. It was God. Uh, the opening night of the festival. So you're choosing from the dare bag? Is that what you're saying? Yes. That is correct. I'm hoping that someone dared me to see John Wick 1. Because I was kind of craving to see it. I'm shaking up the bag. I couldn't imagine them putting a can of I am grabbing one movie from the bag. This is it. And it is. Can't can't see it. Oh, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, you know, it's a zombie movie, isn't it? I I hope so. I can't tell. You you haven't told us anything. Flipping it around. My boyfriend's, boyfriend's back. back. Oh, I think I own this. There you go. <laughs> is that a zombie movie? It is a zombie movie. Comes it back as a zombie, zombie, does he? Yeah. Her boyfriend's back and he's a zombie. Well, he's going to be, be in trouble. Okay, yeah, that's uh, hey, uh, that's hey, no love. fun. I don't my, think you're going to My boyfriend's back. 
I am oh, kind you. of excited. There you go. Uh, my boyfriend's back and I'm gonna be in trouble. I think it's kind of weird because, you know, I got, you know, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle and I got to watch the live action version which i'd never seen before now you know you love zombie movies and you get to watch uh, zombie movies so i know i've already this is you know i thought there would be nothing in february that i was gonna see that i might like but it's but gonna be the fan bag just come through for you that's right i'm gonna pick a mondo this month and by golly it's gonna be a zombie movie there you go All sweet right. home alabama all right, well, you know what that means. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks, Extended Film Rage crew. You know who you are, and you know where to find them in our show notes. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and public. Make sure to get your Film Rage Award t-shirts before the Oscars come out to prove that your voice is more important than anybody else's. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for our listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send an email to filmragecalgary.gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage. But no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage on!